Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. All right, wide open third hour, 606 in the 505, with more 411 and anything that you want to talk about here during our wide open third hour on AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM. D. Dad Muska, hour three, how are you? Uh, just uh, still full from that beautiful meal that uh, Dinah Vargas brought in, and, uh, and ha- she gave me half of her green chili cheeseburger, and I'm... Oh, wow. I'm just sitting I didn't pretty. realize she split it. I thought she, she just uh, brought it. Wow, that's really very... Uh, quite generous. Well, I told her I've never had a politician or an aspiring politician ever do something for me. I've had them ask for things from me. So she's the opposite. So I think we need maybe more people like her at the Roundhouse and fewer people like Brian Egolf (laughs) comes to mind. Uh, Fewer people. There's a lot of people. A lot lot of bad politicians. So anything you guys want to talk about? 550 5500 That's 550-5500. Uh, we got a lot of news shorts, local news, uh, all the things that will sort of wrap it up. So um, try to pay attention. Got some news that you probably aren't even aware of, like the following. The white bar owner in Omaha, Nebraska, who was indicted for shooting death in the June death of James Skurlock, who was a black protester, has committed suicide. Yeah. He had uh, been indicted by a grand jury and paneled by a special prosecutor. County attorney uh, refused to charge Gardner. Gardner's concealed carry permit was expired at the time of the shooting, which is a misdemeanor, but they don't know yet if the information the grand jury saw that led to the indictment. But media reports at the time it said there were witnesses that claimed Skirlock was attempting to disarm Gardner, Skirlock being the black guy, Gardner being the white guy, after Gardner fired warning shots into the air. So... The white bar owner in Omaha, Nebraska, where I, I guess racial inequality is just running so incredibly thick, uh, Dowd, uh, mm-hmm. uh, this man decided to go ahead and, and take his life. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that sort of brings me to another bar owner who, not sure if that was suicide by cop, uh, whether there's going to be anything there, but I believe the first bullets were fired by none other than Michelle Lujan Grisham during the COVID-19 epidemic. I do believe that most bars are still closed. Are they not here in the state so. of New Mexico? Yes. Yes. Uh, there we are. So uh, I probably wouldn't be the, the last. I imagine the several bar owners probably going through their own stash, so to speak. So it's of course, a, don't forget, I think our bowling alleys are still shut down with no justification. <laughs> yeah, I hear other people trying to talk about the, all the fun things that we've outlined that you could find nowhere else until we find them. And then there they are. They're running out talking about them. Very interesting, though. I just wanted to... Yeah, you, you keep me updated on that, and I it's curious, isn't it? I was listening to the radio this morning. I'm like, oh, okay, well, where exactly did you grab that? Uh, paying attention. Uh, another one, where has all the ammo gone? Very interesting. Uh, this, this, this is what, uh, go ahead and tell us about it, Doug. Well, no, uh, Eddie's a big fan of this website, well, BearingArms.com. I, I need to start checking that out every day myself. Yep, yep. And uh, record-setting uh, run on guns, we've been hearing that story for what, months now, uh, is also, of course, contributing to a, a run on ammo. They cite examples from Texas. Uh, owner Matt Whitmire at a store in Texas has the best numbers in ammo sales he's seen in the last eight years in Virginia. Uh, let's see, in March we started to see some of the ammo uh, that we purchase frequently become less available. It's just a kind of becoming progressively worse. At this point, we are really expecting this to go well into next summer and then a place in South Carolina. Hunter's headquarters, uh, he attributes the owner, uh, the surgeon sales to here again. First-time gun buyers. I think Eddie, well, I don't know if why you saw... are they buying guns? That's the most important. <laughs> well, thing. I think was it was a Holman Jenkins, some Wall Street Journal, you know, kind of media guy, Northeast guy, not a gun owner. He wrote some essay I think a couple of days ago about I've become a first-time gun owner now. I'm I'm one of this group. Um, gee, why are people concerned about that? I tell you, Eddie, I'm sleeping at night with my Glock 
I usually had it in the drawer of the bedside table. Next year. Now right. it's on top of the bedside. Yeah, Just like an go. extra second for me to save. And cocked and ready to go. It, it is. I yeah. chamber around at night. And yeah. Then I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have kids. You know, I don't. I, it's not a safety issue. Uh, uh, it, it's it's just a concern of mine. And um, after being verbally assaulted for my, uh, what she said, she called me a Trump supporter by a woman I haven't to this day, still have no idea who, who she is, at the dumpster a couple weeks ago, I'm just a little more... A little more aware of what's going on. I mean, you well, know, with George Soros uh, being an enable of uh, enabler of U.S. street violence, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter being uh, responsible for 91 percent of all the uh, riots that we have uh, seen this summer. Uh, this summer, excuse me. Soros has uh, spent more than two million dollars on three Commonwealth attorney races in Northern Virginia, and uh, he wants to see uh, disturbances uh, there. Racial uh, radical social justice activists will serve as a top prosecutor for three major Washington D.C. suburbs including the two wealthiest county in the United States. Mm. So there you go, just like uh, New Mexico. Don't we have a, yeah, don't we have a district attorney here? $109,000 was spent on and, him. And isn't he working with a far-left Georgetown legal think tank to, pro- to pursue civil charges against men who did nothing wrong, uh, came out to defend a statue, For did not never fire Stephen their weapons Baca. in anger. And in fact, I think and they the kind of guard. they kept Stephen Baca there, uh, or not? They, they kind of surrounded to protect him until the police came. Right. Uh, they did nothing wrong, and they're right. being sued by uh, a Soros-backed district attorney and uh, a Georgetown uh, legal think tank trying to make law through uh, the courts. There you go. So uh, this is why people are arming themselves and protecting themselves, because the criminals are enabled, they're out on the streets, and uh, there is uh, no justice except the word justice, uh, really. Uh, Speaking of justice and speaking of other uh, business owners, a very famous uh, salon owner who exposed uh, Nancy Pelosi Plans to reopen her business. Erica Caius uh, is uh, basically trying to reopen things where she has been shut down um, by the mob who has gotten her shut down. Mm. She also has video of Nancy Pelosi, by the way, littering in the uh, back parking lot. Uh, as an elected official, I'm just hard to hear about your recent experience in San Francisco with the Speaker of House, Nancy Pelosi, at your salon. This woman wrote in an open letter that was posted on her Facebook page, I cannot imagine the heartbreak you have experienced during COVID-19, especially since your business and livelihood have been completely upended the past few weeks. By completing the, so what, while you may already know your next destination, I would like to invite you to consider setting up your next salon here. So $300,000 was raised for her through her GoFundMe. Wow. And uh, very generous people, including Bonnie Gore, which is one of five supervisors in the Placer County uh, area, extended an offer to open her salon in her neck of the woods rather than San Francisco. So she'll be able to go ahead and uh, practice if she decides to use that $300,000 to reinvest in her brand new place. And we'll hopefully we'll have... You know, more follow-ups hey, on that. You know, in California, $300,000, that might pay your electric bill for a month. Oh! <laughs> it's pretty high. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Twitter, also in San Francisco, acknowledging that it has a racist photo algorithm, <laughs> has now had to issue a lengthy apology. Now, the issue, this, uh, by the way, the, the issue was this, uh, the... Twitter users allege that when the photo is posted with a black person and a white person, that the algorithm is biased in selecting their image of the white person as part of that that displays in the preview image. Now, it was initially brought to light when Colin Madlin, a white education tech researcher, tweeted about the how Zoom cropped a black person out of a call because it reportedly wouldn't detect the black face as a human face. And I've actually seen that happen. The HP actually had that uh, technology. This really? was years ago, though. Well, like, I want to say like five, six years ago. 
I think I was dealing with uh, with Langston on that because uh, I bought him a HP computer uh-huh. and it wouldn't pick up on his face, but it picked up on my face. Mm. Yeah. Then it, if that's the case, then it really would pick up on my face. <laughs> <laughs> when he tweeted a picture of himself and a black colleague together, he noticed that the preview image selected by Twitter displayed only his face, which was the white person's face. So here you go. Twitter being racist, despite being very woke, and they have now issued an apology. I think we need to uh, surround and protest to Twitter headquarters, you know, maybe. I alluded to this uh, yesterday, the New Mexico United, which still will never play a game in the year 2020 in the state of New Mexico due to the COVID-19 restrictions, although they're very optimistic for fall sports now. I'm not sure if you're hearing this. You see the big op-ed taken out by the uh, president of the uh, region saying how much they support and how important uh, Lobo sports are to the state of New Mexico. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he was... Damage uh, control. (laughs) He was uh, licking it up like no... Well, no doubt that they listened to us. So, I mean, that that was it. But uh, Jesus Heart, uh, I think the the group is called AmericaPraise.org. They're also partnering up. With America Praise is partnering up with New Mexico United to support Census 2020. Does that not strike you as curious? Yeah. A, a lot about this organization strikes me as curious. I, I, I really want to know. And why would a church be so interested in getting a higher census count? Do, do you know this Brian Allerid guy? Allerid. Allerid. I do not. Okay. He was born in Southern California. Spent much of his childhood in Mexico, Costa Rica, and Guatemala. Guatemala. But he's, he leads a weekly Bible study for New Mexico legislators and is the co-chairman of Convoy of Hope Albuquerque. What is that? Keep digging. Yeah, keep digging on that. Uh, is that part of that same organization? I got be- I mean, first of all, if he's leading a weekly pr- Bible study with New Mexico legislators, that must be a very small group. <laughs> and it must uh, not be very holy, for one, <laughs> because if you think about it... Uh, you know, we are the, uh, uh, the third trimester abortion capital of the world. I mean, how hard must you uh, be Convoy working? Convoy Hope is partners with Albuquerque Public Schools for food distribution. Interesting. Oh, partner up with a public entity, yeah. the public school system. Interesting. Okay. Great nonprofits. By the way, their model is prayer, unity, evangelism, discipleship, service, and transformation. Nothing here about life. I don't see anything here about saying we need to nominate uh, Amy Bo- uh, Cohen-Barrett. Um, Convey of Hope was founded in 1994 by the Donaldson family. Are we talking about Sam Donaldson? No, I don't think so. Okay. Their inspiration for starting the organization can be traced back to the many people who helped their family after their father, Harold, was killed by a drunk driver in 1969. Okay. More than 130 million people have been served through the world, uh, throughout the world by Convoy of Hope. We are proud wow. that we work through churches, business, government agencies, and other nonprofits to provide help and hope to those who are impoverished, hungry, and hurting. Hmm. There you go. We'll find out more information. In other news, as you have been hearing uh, through the Department of Justice, New York City has been branded an anarchist jurisdiction targeted for defunding. Now, this is alongside Seattle and Portland and soon to be New Mexico if we uh, keep it up. Remember, we're mentioned in those three cities on another list. So they said we cannot allow federal tax dollars to be wasted when the safety of the citizenry hangs in the balance, according to the Attorney General Barr. The anarchist designations come after Trump earlier this month issued a memo ordaining financial retribution against cities that have been slashing their police budgets during crime waves or tolerating violent protests sparked by the May killing of George Floyd by Minnesota police. Now, at the time, Governor Cuomo infamously reacted by warning Trump he should watch his step in the state. He said, 
And I quote, he better have an army if he thinks he's going to walk down the street in New York. He can't have enough bodyguards to walk through New York City. People don't want to have anything to do with them. Not sure if the Secret Service investigated those comments or interviewed Governor Cuomo after those comments. Pretty interesting stuff. I'm telling you, these these local and particularly or state and particularly local governments, whether it's a lawsuit, you know, over blocking down certain types of schools but not other schools, uh, whether it's that that uh, federal court ruling in Western Pennsylvania, the feds are fighting back against local and state governments that either aren't doing their job or are violating people's basic rights. Um, this is this is good news. Good news. And the question that we all want to ask, and speaking of uh, tyrants like De Blasio and Cuomo and the governor of Washington, who was running for president, the governor of uh, uh, Brown. Uh, what, what was she has something interesting about her sexually? Uh, the governor of, of Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, can you can you look that up uh, really quick for me? Uh, so it's trans something. Uh, I think I know, maybe bi, but I was will, it? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep looking. I don't know. After that cis episode yesterday, I'm still sort of. <laughs> I love a headache. <laughs> uh, an openly bisexual woman, Governor Brown, has made history several times through her electoral. But is she success. married? Mm, let's see. Can you, I think she's married? Uh, so that would also mean that I don't know. Would her husband have to? Her be... spouse is Dan Little. Okay, so if she has a spouse, like this is just a serious practical question. Does he have both parts? <clears throat> I'm just asking. Because why would that be an issue if they believe in fidelity and marriage? Well, I mean, what type know, of marriage does she get married under? If you're if you're if you want to eat everything on on the on the buffet, yeah, you got to have everything at the. Uh, yeah, I'm just you know. throwing it out there. <clears throat> got to have beans, franks, and. I, I hope Dan, you can satisfy your wife's every desire. Bisexual. I, I wish you. Uh, Bisexual good good marital conditions. Right. <laughs> uh, let's talk a, a, a moment here as we talk about uh, Cuomo, de Blasio, Washington, Oregon. That's where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyranny. <laughs> this is the virus now that is occupying the state of New Mexico. Mm. It has infected the body politic here uh, to no end. As long as Michelle Lujan Grisham is here, we are going to be suffering from her tyrannical rule here in the state of New Mexico. Now, after the arrival of this coronavirus, legislators, governors across this country, including New Mexico, began issuing statutes and orders and mandating that residents remain quarantined inside their homes and their businesses close shop until the healthcare community could catch up to the predicted press of victims of the virus. That was the so-called flattening of the curve. Well, here we are six months and some days later. And here's some really interesting examples. I'm so glad that uh, you like this as well. Uh, talk about the state of Victoria, uh, where... This woman, Miss Buller, was arrested, announced yep. that police would be deployed to enforce the lockdown order. This is exactly what you see happening in England today on the resurgence of uh, COVID-19. Unimaginable. Um, Daniel Andrews, the premier, I guess they call them, of, yeah. of the various Australian the states, yep. quote, there's literally no reason for you to leave your home, and if you were to leave your home and not be found there, you will have a very difficult time convincing Victoria police that you have a lawful reason. Can you imagine needing a lawful reason to leave your home? I, this is you can say, oh, this is scaremongering. Oh I, no, I, it I, is literally scaremongering because ago, the maybe. chief of police, in order to enforce and scare them, yep. had officers smash car smash windows, car windows <laughs> to get residents to comply with the restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I would have thought that. The, 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 the prospect of this continuing beyond 
coronavirus was would be laughable. Um, these people are in love. No better example in America than Michelle Lujan Grisham, right here in the land of enchantment, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what are what what what's what's their encore? What's phase two of their <laughs> drunk on power tyranny when they can't use the the Rona anymore? Well, um, I'll tell you what it does is, and this is something that, unfortunately, uh, I hope Donald uh, Trump, our president, uh, was was mistaken when he said this. But they said that they were going to call in the National Guard to go ahead and start applying the vaccines. And I'm like, over my dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a good uh, text earlier from Brian. Let me share this uh, with you folks out there. And um, different approaches, uh, if you will. Here it is. Uh, no, maybe it wasn't from, from Brian. But basically how they're going to recommend the vaccines, but they aren't going to make them mandatory. In blue states, they will make them mandatory. Oh, sure. So if you sure. live in a blue state, they like Hawaii, another blue state, it's going to be mandatory that you take that vaccine. And they'll probably... Probably you know, a marking. They might use... Some, right, right. I was thinking of like you can't renew your MVD registration. They'll right. use some some car- well stick, not carrot. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I'll repeat this as often as I can. I'll do it every day if I can. One of the reasons I'm voting for Donald Trump, <laughs> I didn't, wouldn't envision this years ago, is... Everything that he was accused of doing or aspiring to do in terms of fascistic dictatorial power, he did not do. And not only did he not do it, your local officials, your mayors, your governors, particularly in this blue state of New Mexico, they implemented these policies. Not only did he not implement them, the people who you think care about civil liberties, these great enlightened progressives, uh, who wrecked New Mexico's economy? It wasn't Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. So we really do have to ask this question. Will the lockdowns outlast the coronavirus? Oh. And the answer in blue states, it will. And red states, it won't. 550-5500, let me read all your texts, and then we'll talk more about uh, vaccine or herd Im- immunity in a moment. Uh, doubt is... Okay. Well, I'm going to get the needle. Uh, I'm not, uh, <laughs> someone's not being very nice. Or oh. and Nebraska will encourage COVID-19 vaccines, but will not mandate them. There we go. Uh, all the federal, or excuse me, all the feral Democrats alike, Fredo Cuomo, Bruja Gruesome, their mouths writing checks that their asses can't cash. Yes, that's good. Eddie, I've been reloading it in my own ammunition for 40 years, and I never run out, so everybody just needs to start reloading. That's a good point. Good point. Uh, Primers are also scarce, too. Not sure I follow that. Do you? Sorry, send me the link to the article. mentioned Santa Fe. Okay. Uh, Bruce says, Eddie, we have the ballot drop boxes for the Biden. It's a picture of an outhouse. Uh, Eddie, what do we all do if the Trump administration mandates the vaccine? Ooh, don't get me started. We still got an election to get through. Hey, Eddie, uh, keep up the good work. A few more letters to add to the archive. Let's see. We've got uh, this one here. This is from Grant County. I'll have to look at this. Let me send this to you, Dowd, and then we can uh, talk about this one tomorrow. Um, Eddie, I've just spoken with the RBG via the Ouija board, and she says that we should reduce the age of consent to 12 and Ah. give free abortions to everybody. Okay. That's uh, RBG in a nutshell. I was going to vote for 45 again anyway, Eddie, but I just wanted to say I changed over to the Republican Party today. 550-5500. Eddie, well, not Eddie, what uh, would it take for the herd immunity to stop the coronavirus uh, pandemic? Well, 
good little write-up in the Wall Street Journal to try and get to that point. And to reach herd immunity, according to the stats, and this comes from the Swedish Public Health Agency, as well as the Imperial College of London, as well as the New York City Department of Health, for herd immunity to be reached, an estimate of between 60 to 70% of a given population would need to develop an immune response to the virus. Okay? Now, one group of researchers looked at this, and they estimated the threshold for COVID-19 herd immunity could be as low as 10 to 20%. But many epidemiologists say that it's unlikely. Other modelers have estimated that it's around 40 to 50%. Now, as far as the vaccines are concerned, there are 36 candidates for the vaccines. They've made it to clinical trial. Nine of those have advanced into phase three. We are about a month and a half away, so I'm probably getting down to the last nine. Did I I say that right? Did I get the president's timeline right? Mm -hmm. Four to six weeks? Mm Mm-hmm which tests whether the dose would have been given to the public and whether or not it can work safely. Now, we've all been talking about Sweden, and we'll get to more about it in a sec, but a preliminary survey from the Swedish Public Health Agency in May showed that only 6.7% of people from ages 20 to 64 and 2.7% of those 65 to 95 had the antibodies. So they don't necessarily have the herd immunity, but they're trying to build the herd immunity. Right. And, and don't forget, antibodies are not T-cells. The T-cells are another part of your immune system that might be able to fight this off, too. So, you know, I, we're still, there's so much we still don't know about this, you know. And, we, we don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, in order to get the pandemic to stop, the coronavirus has to run out of susceptible hosts to infect. That's the herd immunity. Best thing you can do to stop this thing, ladies and gentlemen, is keep your immune system strong. In, in case you do get it, you fight it off, or you may even be completely asymptomatic. And let's talk about this uh, for a moment from, uh, I guess, the head of the pandemic, Bill Gates, who resigned his <laughs> job on March the 13th of this year. Interestingly enough, on the day, same day of the national shutdown, he said in an exclusive interview, which I wanted to talk about yesterday on Fox News Sunday, that he believes the United States will be able to get back to normal life around the summer of... <laughs> 2021. <laughs> Only another oh, 10 or 11 months. We're fine. We, we can handle this for another 10 or 11 months. So due to progress made on vaccines, he's optimistic the coronavirus pandemic won't last indefinitely. Oh, thank God. Oh. We were so worried that the pandemic was yes. going to last indefinitely. Yeah, I'm glad he's told us what, what the future is going to be. Okay. All right. So he was hanging out with uh, Chris Wallace, super liberal. Came as the Tech Titans Charitable Foundation. Oh, I wasn't. I was misquoted. Not $400 million, $650 million to fight COVID-19. Let's not forget about Bill Gates. He is banned for life from India, which has one of the world's worst infection rates. Correct? Because they were true. trying the uh, or a vaccine of something else and he killed, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, about 37,000 people? Yeah, let me get the numbers. Gates said oh. that during the coronavirus pandemic, vaccination rates have dropped by 14% in developing countries, erasing 20 years of progress. Oh, yeah, We rolled it back. And then for the first time in years, extreme poverty is increasing, causing ill effects of education. Mental health and other indicators that he said is much greater than I expected. And also a way that you can try and control the rest of the world, which is exactly what you want to do. So I guess next summer the U.S. will be starting to go back to normal, according to Bill Gates. And by the end of the year, our activities can be fairly normal, right? Now we have uh, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci was in the local news. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. But I believe the government misspoke when they named their operation to stop the coronavirus, by the way, Dowd. Okay. They call it Operation Warp Speed. Does 2021 sound like warp speed to you? (laughs) Officials have said that several potential vaccines are currently going through testing to ensure their safety and efficacy. 
and there are already doses being manufactured so that once they are approved, they can immediately be widely distributed. So that's where we are. So do we want to we want to go to vaccine in 2021, according to Bill Gates, or by uh, President Donald Trump's account, four to six weeks, we might have nine or eight or nine doses, or or herd immunity, whereas it uh, looks like it's as high as 7% for that herd immunity. How many people did uh, Gates kill? Uh, it's, uh, it's a lengthy, lengthy process. <laughs> he was fighting polio, and apparently it's, it remains, his efforts there remain controversial to this day. So uh, There he goes. Yeah. Apparently he was uh, fighting the people who had uh, polio as well. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Gentlemen, uh, my wife and I went to Costco the other day over there in uh, Albuquerque. And got you know, assaulted or verbally assaulted by the uh, the mass Nazis there, and he ended up having to tell them that the uh, the thing the uh, emergency order had expired. I went online this morning and I took a look at the governor's website, and the order of August twenty seventh expired on September eighteenth. Now September nineteenth. She amended the order, but she did not extend it. So it basically ended effectively the 18th of September. Mm. I ended up having to call into the big box store that we went to that gave me the big old problems and informing them of, take a look at governor.state.unm, go to August, you can toggle through the different orders, and you can find that, well, guess what? It's expired. Dowd, you got yourself a good little libertarian on your hands over here. It's, it's, uh, so you did some excellent work, it, my it's friend. Just some poor language on their part. They might not have. They might have something might have slipped through the system. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's poor language. Well, uh, exactly. Absolutely, little, uh, with within his rights to do so, he exercised it and mm-hmm, called them out on mm-hmm. it. I'm surprised other people haven't done so. That's very smart, there, Dave. Thank you. There was a number of other people that walked into the store. They had their masks on, and, of course, as soon as they walked through the entrance, they dropped them down, and they were smiling and waving as I was walking by doing the same thing. And, of course, there were those people that were scared out of their britches. Oh, my God, he's wearing a mask. There's a great movie for you. I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned it before on air, but there's a great movie for you, which speaks to exactly what you're talking about, and it's called The Invention of Lying. It's Ricky Gervais. Have you ever seen it? You've recommended it to me. Yeah, I, you've did see, watch... I did see Michael Clayton, but uh, but I so I've got to get. Oh, did to you your... finally watch? I that? did finally watch yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. There we yeah. go. You know, Shiva, the what god of. What's that? What is it called again? The invention of lying. Oh, okay. Rick, 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 hey, Ricky Gervais. You got You got to go see it. It's just or what? oh, just download it or watch it or whatever. Excellent stuff. Good work. I really appreciate that, Dave. Anything else? Yeah, that was thinking you were talking about the movie Outbreak from back in the 90s where they had that Ebola thingy and the, the monkey and all that stuff. Never was a fan of oh. Dustin Hoffman. I got to I got to say that ever. Maybe uh not since uh you know what the future is plastics in a cuckoo Mrs. Robinson. 550 uh, any other final numbers there on the Gates uh, murders and uh... I know I'm I'm actually just following up on Dave's comment uh, here the, the public health order was uh, renewed on the 18th so I guess that's what last week Oh he did not mention renewed uh, let's see he did uh, not say extended he okay, said here it amended. is all current guidance documents and advisories issued by the Department of Health remain in effect okay but that's not a mask mandate uh, the following public health emergency orders remain in effect March 13th April 30th March 24th 
Okay, so we'll have to go to each one of those and see if that's where the mask mandate is. I mean, he may he may have uh, he may have found a, a, and exploited a uh, a loophole here, but if we bring it to her attention, she'll very quickly hold, hold, <laughs> slam mole 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 mole. He's pointing right. She's at out her. of her mind. She is truly, uh, literally. I, uh, I, I don't see how anybody on the left, if you if you love Michelle Luan Grisham, yep. I think you should check yourself in somewhere. But even if you I love Michelle any, I Grisham, don't think, I don't think she loves Michelle Luan Grisham. <laughs> um, you you how can you be comfortable with any governor, Democrat, Republican? Imagine if this was uh, you know the horrible Steve Pierce if he won election. Being able Susanna to basically Martinez. write law with no. no check from the legislature for months on end, well, potentially years her. on end. We'd be battling her all the way through. Absolutely. We'd be yelling, uh, you know, you'd have to, you know, put my arm and, and legs in the uh, four corners uh, right. of Ireland. You'll never take my freedom. <laughs> all right. So uh, Sweden basically has been spared from the surge of the virus. And this actually comes from the AP News. Yep. Europe locked down their populations. Sweden did not. Infection numbers surge again in much of Europe. Country of 10 million, Sweden, has come, the, come to the lowest numbers of new coronavirus cases. Only 14 virus patients in intensive care in the entire country. Is that incredible? They pursued the, more or less the herd immunity approach, and after some initial, the haters were looking at their numbers, their numbers, as many of us predicted, were going to flatten out and end up looking better in the long term. It's Basically, what Dan Butterfield said, what I suspected, has is now being proven out six months later. One of the interesting things that uh, happened in all of this is there were half of the deaths in all of Sweden nursing homes, yep. as expected. Yeah, they stumbled. Localized there. outbreaks expected, but rather than fight them with nationwide rules and lockdowns and you know bashing as they are in Victoria, Australia, bashing in uh, uh, windows. Officials plan to use targeted actions based on testing, contact tracing, and isolating patients rap- rapidly. What a smart, really trusting way to work with people. The trust is actually given to the population to shoulder personal responsibility yep. in the pandemic. It puts Swedes at odds with most other countries that use the coercive measures, such as fines, to force compliance. And there you go. Sweden is uh, seemingly doing it better. Is it a little like a little piece of North uh, or South Dakota in in Europe and in, in Northern uh, Europe? A lot I of mean, Swedes in South Dakota, North Dakota. I mean, um, it, culturally, yes, there are. Culturally, friend, you're absolutely all right. All the people I know from my best friends are all from. They're all Nodak. They're all from North Dakota. Yes. And they've got and they're well. Jay Block is went to North Dakota, That's, but he's he not did. from North he Dakota. Did. He's from New Hampshire. Right. But all my buddies, I mean, they got Borneman and Keeler and. They've got Schwedy. They all have Swedish last names. So there. So is it some sort of cultural connection between the Scandinavian countries and then the northern Midwest? And yeah, the Michigan, Wisconsin, North yeah. Dakota. South they got Dakota. it right over in Europe, oh, yeah. and then our po- our portion of the of them over here in America got it right. Best people in the world. So, it's, oh. so literally, you go from Western Michigan oh. all the way to North and South Dakota. Um, you look at education. You know, uh, strength of marriages, family, family, long life oh, span, they, they, they won't divorce each they, other. They don't. They don't. It's <laughs> the weirdest <laughs> thing. They'll stay in miserable marriages yep. for literally yep. years. You'll they, see they an LD. Yes, or get divorced before you before you see one of these. It's people. weird. They're the weirdest thing. It's like, oh yeah, and they're all seemingly they're just dealing with life as it were. But they and they're all Catholic. <sighs> they're weird. Very strange. Uh, I don't know how they live up there with that cold, but uh, they they make it work somehow. They do. Collier in the Kiva. Go ahead. Thanks for the compliment. The original David Brent Olson here. Where are you from, Olson? Olson. Olson uh, <clears throat> also could be Icelandic. You do know that, right? 
Well, Icelanders are Norwegians. That's who they are. Oh, man, I'm getting an education we, this afternoon. This is yeah. really awesome. Yeah. What the, who was it? Uh, uh, Eric, Eric the Red. Who was the dad? Who was the son? Eric the Red and, <clears throat> and uh, Leif. Leif Erickson. Yeah, Leif Erickson. Yeah, yeah. Right. The true and, discoverer yeah. of North America. There you go. Wow, David. Uh, you know, have at it. I'm glad you're calling in. And, yeah, I'm from uh, the border of uh, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's nothing but uh, Larson, Olson, Johnson, yep, there you go. Peterson, <laughs> Nielsen, Torvaldson. No, it's not, it's not Peterson. It's Peterson. It's, it's with a D. Yeah, Peter. Well, there's there's a uh, different spelling. There's also Pearson. The original Norwegian for Peter is Per, P-E-R. So it's Pearson, and from that they they uh, distorted it to Pearson, but it's actually Per Pearson. But yeah, so yeah, you Norwegian betcha. Yeah. Good. And are you a Minnesota Vikings fan while you're at it? When I was a kid, back yeah, when they were a real football team, when they were the Purple People Eaters, yeah, and they actually go. were the yeah. <laughs> Fran, Fran, yeah. Fran, Tar- Fran Tarkington, right? <laughs> Yeah, Fran Tarkin. I, I used to party with, uh, oh my with God. Uh, Boom Boom, Boom, Boom uh, Bill. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, there's two Brown. James, yeah, uh, Jim Brown, Bill Brown. Uh, Boom Boom Brown's daughter. She was on the University of uh, Minnesota. <laughs> we, we are going <laughs> deep into the weeds oh, here. Holy moly. Yeah. But, you know, I love these conversations because we can celebrate the diversity <laughs> of this country without getting obsessed about the politics yeah. and the ideology of it. You know, people just talk about their backgrounds. They all have accents. They can't get rid of their accents. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's uh, Western Michigan and Wisconsin. Where are you going? What's that? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. is the yeah. Wisconsin. You've got to go up an octave and, and, and in Wisconsin. And that's because they're influenced by Chicago. All right. Do you, have, uh, do you have a hollow leg, too? Oh, for drinking? No, I'm a lightweight. Oh, okay. All right. It's like I, I've never seen people drink more than the... And the people of uh, Minnesota and North Dakota, seriously. Did you ever meet Jan Janssen from Wisconsin? My name is Jan Janssen. I come from Wisconsin. I work in the sawmill there. When I'm out on the street, I tell everyone I meet. My name is Jan Janssen. I come from Wisconsin. All right. Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> who, who's, yeah, who's that? Uh, Cong- oh, Ron, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. The, the journalists, every time they introduce him, they never say Senator Ron Johnson. They always say Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. I think they throw that in there because it's uh, fun. So, All right. Anything else, yeah, my, David? Well, I was calling to tell you about my local uh, – my local. Uh, oh, and I hope you caught that. I, I am the original David Brent. The, the other one is an is a, is a imposter. Oh, okay. The Ricky Drew. Right. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was born David Brent Olson. And, uh, and it's funny, funny your best friend's name is Michael Scott, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. That's good. Those uh, guys are good. But, but I, went, I went into our local uh, uh, grocery stores, uh, corner store, grocery store, general store, whatever, and every, 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 everybody except for me wearing a mask. But the good thing is they don't say anything. They just uh, they don't tell me to put one on, even though everybody, everybody, everybody else, at least on this trip, was wearing one. And, we, and, I, and I, was, uh, I was attempting to flirt with this uh, decades younger woman than myself, and I thought I, was, I thought I was getting somewhere. I thought I was being successful. 
maybe it was. I don't know. Because she kept turning around and smiling back at me. And and then after it, I thought maybe you know what? I bet it wasn't that she was interested in me. I think it's because I'm the, everybody else has a mask on all in her uh, everywhere in her all day life except for me. And and I smile at her, and I think I think it was the human an unmasked human face smiling at her that was the attraction. Oh. Like in the desert, yeah. any drop of water is good. That's I get right. it. Yeah. She yeah. thought you were a bad boy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good so, stuff, David. I appreciate uh, all the uh, sharing of the uh, local knowledge of uh, of northern uh, the north <laughs> flyover country. Five fifteen fifty five hundred. Oh, sorry. I hung up on that uh, last guy. Um, hiker body was found, by the way. Forty-year-old yes, Gibran Hernandez Avila being ruled as accidental. Um, First thing that came to mind is, you know, how do you fall? There's no ice, no snow, no anything. So, uh, sad thing uh, happening there. Uh, also, the largest electric utility, Sandria National Labs, is teaming up to make the electric grid more resilient as the state gears up to add more renewable energy to the mix, more leftist uh, stuff. California on its from, way from uh, Mexico. <laughs> from the University of California uh, system. It, it, it's Livermore and where else? Um, uh, Los Alamos, Livermore, and Albuquerque. Yeah, I think Sandy, is uh, U.S. Department uh, Justice, uh, U.S. Justice Department is siding with the father of a seventh-grade prep school student in a lawsuit that challenges pandemic-related limits on the classroom capacity, as we talked about earlier. Such that is news. really the uh, best news uh, yeah. of the day yeah. uh, happening here in the Supreme Court. All being flown at half mass, uh, by the way, for the racial injustice. A growing number of cities across the U.S. are creating committees and task forces aimed at racial healing. Not sure how that's going to work. Uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, Clemson, South Carolina, and towns and municipalities recently have formed committees to discuss the future of debated monuments and address systemic racism in police departments. I had no idea these monuments were were racist, uh, by the way. Pieces of metal. Uh, The leader of a nonprofit organization that oversees sports programs from New Mexico says she's optimistic that high school students will have the fall season. I'm not. Not Unless you want to open up that whole can of worms, New Mexico Activities Association Director Sally Marquez on Friday welcomed the state's loosening of the training restrictions. Michelle Lujan Grisham's office says she's continuing to validate a proposal from the NMMA for volleyball and cross-country teams to compete. Um, the number of policies violated at the Albuquerque Police Department skyrocketed 275%, and suspension jumped more than 350%, KOA-TTV reports. The documents on police misconduct showed the number of policy violations increased from 190 to 716 year over year. There you go. That's the news. Bill O'Reilly is next. Dow, another great show. And you, uh, another uh, great opportunity to share our knowledge that we prepare every single day just for you. Thanks for listening on AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM. The web, the app, rockoftalk.com. That's rockoftalk.com. Download the app and you can also say, hey Alexa, play the Rock of Talk podcast.